I had a wedding that I was planning and had to pay for in about five months. And I had like no money. I had student loans. So I just started Googling and, you know, trying to figure out how do you get clients, not really finding anything to reach on, like what to actually do. So fortunately through word of mouth mostly and from doing YouTube videos initially, I started to get this like real trickle of clients and they were not great clients. Great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast. Episode 98. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer, turned online high ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. You probably chose to tune in today because you have a burning desire. You have had this idea of starting a coaching business and creating consistent revenue, but there's a gap. Something's missing. You are ready to raise your rates, but you lack the confidence with being able to attract an audience of high-end clients and sell them on your offer. That's why this episode today is brought to you by my signature program, Newly Enhanced Services That Sell. If you've been thinking about turning the skills that you currently have into a high-ticket, four-figure service that you can sell consistently, I encourage you to sign up for my free crash course training at jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates. I'll make sure that you know everything that you need to not just deliver your services and help your clients get amazing results, but how to actually attract those types of clients and sell them consistently using very simple foundational sales strategies. This method has been developed specifically for those who don't have a large audience and who don't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to get complicated funnels to actually work. This is your time to gain the clarity that you crave to confidently sell your services online. Do not waste another minute. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates today. Register for the next training and finally get an efficient plan that you can follow and implement so you can start selling your services. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates now. Today's guest is a Facebook and Instagram ads consultant. And the way that she's been able to leverage her business beyond one-on-one services is, I'd say, a bit non-traditional from what most Facebook ad consultants and experts typically do, right? We typically hear people who are in that done-for-you type of service as a one-on-one growing their business into an agency. And in today's episode, Claire Pelletro is going to be sharing with us how she has really been making decisions that honor the lifestyle that she wants to experience and really how she's prioritized those precious family moments and helped really, I guess, reshape her business model that best align with the outcomes that she wanted to be experiencing at home. So Claire is a Facebook and Instagram ad consultant, teacher, and conversion optimization expert. Excuse me, guys. She's a beast at what she does. 
She spends her days writing about Facebook and Instagram ads, troubleshooting ad problems with her students, and managing campaigns for seven and eight-figure business owners. She specializes in Facebook and Instagram ads that sell online courses and programs, but she'll happily geek out with you on ways to test advertising for any type of business. She also loves talking about money, profit, loss, the whole shebang. She asks her guests how much they charge and how much they earn on her own podcast, the Get Paid Podcast. I was a, I was a, um, a guest on her podcast last year, back in 2019. One of my favorite episodes um, or interviews that I've done. So I'm so excited to bring Claire to you so you guys can hear how she's been, again, honoring her lifestyle priorities as she's been making business decisions um, to leverage and grow. So keep on listening. Claire, I'm so excited to be having a conversation with you again. If you guys have not listened to my episode over on the Get Paid podcast, you need to go do that, like table that. But I'm really excited to have you on my show today. Well, thank you. You know, that episode is just like consistently the one that I get so much feedback on. I'm like, why didn't I have her on three or four years ago? It probably would have exploded the show's growth. But I'm I'm so glad we got you on in, in 2019 because we've already reshared it. Republishing the good ones. Yeah, well, I get so many DMs from your audience. So it's like really cool to be able to introduce you to like more of my people because I've talked about that episode. I've even referred my students to go listen to that episode. So I'm just really excited to share your journey and like how you've made decisions in your business and have been able to take your business from one-on-one and beyond. So can you make, just give everybody like a quick intro on like what your signature service is, what it is that you're known for in these internet streets and how you primarily work with clients today? Yeah, sure. So my whole thing is Facebook and Instagram ads. Everything I do is around that. So I actually run ads for the occasional client at this point. Drisha, I'm down to one and I'm very happy about that. But that also fluctuates. Like I'm never going to say I'm not taking another client. Um, So I run her ads for her. And then I also have a how to run your own Facebook ads course And I have sort of a mentorship program to help people who are starting to run ads for clients or thinking about it, really grow that business in, in like a strategic way, because most people who are running ads for other people undercharge for way too long and have serious confidence issues. Because when you're spending somebody else's money and like your worth is basically read on these reports that Facebook gives you, you know, it, it can be a real mind fuck. Oh, can I say that? Yes, you can say fuck. Well, Wonderful. Sure put parental advisory on the episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> there should be parental advisory around me and my entire business. <laughs> um, so like where, I know you, I, I saw an episode, I think I listened to one, I think it was episode 57 on your podcast where you closed out, was it 2018? 2018 was the year I did 220K. Yeah. So tell us about like your business, what, you know, when you first were getting started, like what did your services look like then? And really just take us back to the beginning, beginning of like what you started off with your services and what it is you like the first client you got paid from. Yeah, sure. So that very first client, I was actually working in my full-time job at the time. And that job was working with an info product business. So I learned the online course business, just sort of the online business thing, working for somebody else. And I feel like I sort of got my master's degree in that. Um, So I 
learned from her, like from this woman, how to start putting out content and kind of getting clients. So I was doing that on the side and she knew that and was cool with it. So my very first client, I just ran like list building ads for her. And I think I charged her $50 an hour. So it was hourly. And then about six months later, the company was restructuring and I was let go. And I was like, what? Because this was right after an amazing performance review. So fortunately, I had launched a site at the very beginning of that year, had started blogging, had started growing my list because I knew from the get-go, you need to have an opt-in, you need to be growing your list. And I knew at some point I would launch a course because that's what I learned that you do, but I didn't have any real plans for it right away. Well, when I got fired, I immediately, I immediately started planning out that course, but in the meantime, I needed to get real money. So I had one retainer client at the time. It was that same original client, but the concept of a retainer was a little bit unclear, or maybe I did a bad job of saying what it would be because it was after her launch, she was like, okay, we're done. And I was like, oh, so that thousand dollars a month that I was relying on, no, not happening. And so I really had to hustle. Um, I had a wedding that I was planning and had to pay for in about five months. And I had like no money. I had student loans. So I just started Googling and, you know, trying to figure out how do you get clients, not really finding anything to reach on, like what to actually do. So fortunately through word of mouth mostly, and from doing YouTube videos initially, Mm -hmm. I started to get this like real trickle of clients and they were not great clients because I was taking whatever would come to me. You got money. Great. Let's come on in. (laughs) Exactly. Were you always doing ads? Always. Always. That was really the only thing. Before I got that full-time job, like back in 2012, I was doing stuff on Upwork, which was like blogging, but like really, I didn't know what I was doing at all. So would you say the first uh, retainer client was in 2012 or 13? No, no, not until 2014. That quote unquote retainer client. And then some different like launch projects, things like that. That was second half of 2014. So I would, you know, end up rewriting their landing pages because the ad traffic I was driving wasn't converting. And that wasn't part of the project at all. But, you know, I was trying to get these people results because I wanted to have case studies and I was not getting the results, even though I was sort of bending over backwards. And then like I would have these clients and maybe I remember going to this conference in in July and I had this client and I was on the phone with her while at this conference and it was like, I don't like doing this at all. This sort of dependency on me to get great results, which completely varies per client. And at this point, I didn't realize that. I thought the problem was me actually, when I was able to get great results for one client and not for another one, uh, I was just basically freaking out and it would kind of ruin my day. So I decided like, okay, I'm going to launch this course as soon as possible. So mm-hmm. I, I was already working with clients. I lost my job in May. I was working with clients by about July. And in September, I launched the course. I grew my list with Facebook ads primarily. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I got 50 sales and I had priced it at $97, just a please like me price. Yeah. <laughs> 
You've never heard of me before. I have no testimonials. I can't tell you who I used to work for because she fired me. So, you know, it didn't really have much to go on. But can we dissect that a second before we go into like how you've been able to grow it? So like, but let's just dissect that before we go into like the details of how you've been able to grow the course. But so it sounded like you started hourly, then you got a project based ish retainer, but it, you like, you said a thousand dollars a month. Was there any that was for that one retainer client though that I had gotten her great results. So I I felt like okay, I can quote this. But then the next client that I was doing all this landing page rewriting was not for a launch. It was like seven hundred dollars, Teresha. I I lower I was desperate. Yeah, okay. And I think that's really interesting to talk about too, though, because a lot of our clients or our listeners right now are interested or have just recently raised their rates, but raising your rates and enrolling clients at that raised rate are two very different things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting where, you know, you've talked about like, you felt like you, you were attached to the client results because like, literally there's a Facebook, Facebook dashboard that like shows your performance so visibly. Like how have you been able to detach the value that you deliver from the performance that's on the Facebook dashboard? and still be able to charge what you know your services are valued at? Like, how has it evolved over time from when you were doing that then to like growing, you know, continuing to work with one-on-one clients and even building out what you have now? Just like, how has your perception or your thought process around that evolved? It has been the biggest struggle in my business, I would say. And it has lasted years. What is this, 2020? I would say 2018 was finally the year where I was like, yo, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I've been behind the scenes of enough campaigns. Sometimes they were my direct clients. Sometimes they were clients through a friend of mine's agency. But just knowing this is not about me. I'm able to turn around campaigns and and have these ideas that nobody else has. But at the end of the day, if somebody's offer doesn't convert or they tried something totally new and it tanked, that's not about me. And that's one of the things we work a lot on in this mentorship program that I have because people will get messages from clients on the weekends and, you know, they're like, their stomachs are in knots. They're not sleeping because of these results. And what it comes down to is, setting the client expectations at the beginning. And what I'm even learning now that I have that still some of my students don't have is the authority when I do it, mm. that people do not second guess me. So when that's, that comes to the point where when somebody's not having great results and I tell them, here's why they believe me, mm. right? They still have that question. It's not like they never question me, but but I'm able to speak with enough confidence and I'm not showing them like results from nine other people who had the exact same problem. Not at all. I'm just reassuring them from a position of confidence and experience that, yep, sometimes this shit happens. And like, this is what, okay. I, I just wanted to make sure that we like spoke on that. Cause I think that's something that a lot of some, a lot of people listening to this right now struggle with. So you maybe about four or five months into your business or like being quit from your job or let go from your job, you decided to launch the course at a $97 price point, but you've still maintained either retainer or project-based clients 
over the past five years? Like talk about how the business model has evolved, where the revenues came from and how that's like been shifting over time. It has shifted so much because when I had what turned out to be a $5,000 launch, I thought like I was the hottest shit in the world and that I would never have to go back to running ads for people. So I went on this month long honeymoon and I told all of my clients, sorry, I'm not running ads for you anymore. Like, I just launched my course. I did great. I'm out. I'll holler at y'all later. Well, also like I didn't really, I did not want to be off in Thailand and having clients being like, what's going on with my ads if I had somebody else doing it for me. So that's one of these things, you know, clockwork teaches you blah, 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 how to really take yourself out of the business that I have never been successful at. I do not want that responsibility uh, that if you're an agency owner, essentially you still have at the end of the day, even if you've really got great people working under you. I remember reading an article by a guy who runs a, a digital marketing agency here in Philly. and he he had to pay back a client an atrocious amount of money because of big mistakes that their team made. You know, at the end of the day, it was really on him. And that's what I've never wanted. And that's the advice that I always ignore when people say, Claire, if you have so many people who want to just give you money, grow an agency. And I'm like, yes, thank you for that. No, I'm going to keep doing this other thing. So I realized I like relaunched my course a few months later and it didn't make any money because I hadn't grown my list. I thought I could do it with a couple of emails. And this is when I started training people to run their own ads more on like a one-on-one. And that service really took off. At first it was $500 for so like, like coaching basically or kind of, it was, it was done with you. Done with you. Okay. So we get on, you and I get on Zoom and I walk you through how to set up your campaigns. And then we meet again a week later to see how things are going. So that was 500 and then it was 600 and then it was 800. And eventually I ended up selling like my hourly rate got up to maybe 600 for that. But then I was selling packages of three and six hours. Mm. Those things sold like hotcakes. And I would say yes to a client launch and then no to the next one. I would just sort of dip my toes back into the implementation. It would go really well. Then the next one wouldn't go well. And I would say, no, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was really back and forth on implementation for the first, I want to say like three years, Teresha. I then had a baby in 2016 and I took six months off and I came back and I felt like a total fraud Mm. in the Facebook ad world because of how many things had changed. They'd introduced video. I was like, I don't know how to do a video ad. So coaching during that six months off? No, I everything. I cut off all revenue streams. The only money that came in was people who were paying for the mentorship program on a payment plan. So like, that was great. I probably made about 5k in those six months. Like Mm -hmm. we're talking nothing. But then when I came back from maternity leave, what I essentially decided to do was get more experience running ads for big players but not have the responsibility because I still had all these mindset issues about being the one who had to stand by their results. Mm. So I have this great friend, Tony 
we actually met right when I came back from my maternity leave. And he said, I need somebody with your caliber of skills to work with my top clients because he was still running their ads. And so this was where I got a lot of confidence. I mean, I did also feel like a total fraud because I had launched a course business and everything. And now I'm a subcontractor for somebody else's agency. It, it was definitely a, yeah, really humbling. But my personal income, my take-home pay stabilized because this was not around launches. Um, I got all this experience and really what I saw was, oh, uh, this is exactly what I've done for my clients who are spending less, but at a bigger scale, literally more ad sets. Yeah. So when I saw that, it was confirmation that I for sure knew what I was doing and that I could be out there commanding higher rates than what he was paying me, but I still loved the experience. And I also loved the, like having somebody that I could talk to about these really kind of advanced campaigns. Mm -hmm. So I got that and I really needed that at this moment of low, low self-confidence after my maternity leave. So I did that. I worked for him. I still have one client with him because I love the client and it's basically feels like Facebook ad playground. Yeah. But then I really started going after or like doing more launches for my own courses, for my program, things like that. And that's how from about mid-2017 until now, I've really been able to grow the course revenue. And sometimes like there was a, a period in from, let's say beginning of 2019 for about six months where I wanted a lot of money so I could play around with my own funnels, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have to take a pay cut because my ads weren't working the way I wanted them to. So I took on more clients and made a lot more money and it was a lot more time. But then when I had figured out the funnel stuff and was able to grow that, I could then kind of step down the number of, the number of clients I had. And when you say clients, you mean like the one-on-one, not the like, mentorship. Right, right. The, like at that point, like after working- clients? Implementation. After working with Tony for about six to nine months, I was like, all right, I really need to be making more than double on what I'm doing here. So I just yeah. went out with this confidence that I had never had before, realized that I was still charging less than a lot of the top people, the, the top ad agencies or ad consultants. And I said, yo, I, here's my rate, 2,500. I don't do ad copy and I don't do images, Yeah, but I'll do everything else. And so those were boundaries. Those were really clear boundaries, but a lot of clients were fine with that. They were already writing their own copy and doing images with these other agencies, which I was shocked to learn that Mm -hmm. they were charging so much and still not providing those services. So I was a deal for them. And here I was feeling like, oh my God charging 2,500 a month on retainer, like minimum three months was, it was hard for me, but it was an easy yes for them. And that made me feel kind of stupid. Are you ready to have a service that sells? Are you eager to know what to say in your marketing so that prospects actually get how you can help them? Are you committed to doing what's required to take your coaching business to the next level this year? If so, you're going to love today's sponsor, my premium program, Services That Sell. Listen, running your own business comes with a lot of challenges. Converting clients does not need to be one of them. 
Creating content using live video will guarantee that you stand out from your competition and packaging a high ticket signature service ensures that you attract those high-end clients. You know, the ones who are ready to invest and eager to do the work. I created a masterclass training sharing the proven framework that hundreds of coaches and consultants have used to grow an audience of qualified leads rather than a list of lurkers. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates to register for my next training on how to enroll high ticket clients. Consistently learn the proven strategy in this simple process I teach inside of my premium program, Services That Sell. And let me tell you, it really does work. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates today. I, I love the fact that I, during these past four or five years of your journey, you've been, you've allowed your, like you've given yourself the freedom to be flexible with how you show up and serve clients. And I think one thing that I admire about you that I think I know I personally have struggled with is like prioritizing the lifestyle that you want over what, you know, might be on the Instagram highlight reels or what everybody else is telling you to do from a business model perspective. Because, you know, I think when people hear Facebook ads, the first thing that I know for me that initially comes to mind when it comes time to, okay, how are you going to leverage? How are you going to position your business to grow exponentially is to create an agency. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always been awesome. Well, I think it's admirable, uh, admirable, I'm using the wrong word here, <laughs> from listening to you is like, you know, you made decisions based off of what aligned with what your desires were and how you wanted to experience your lifestyle, the responsibility you want and did not want to have and stuck your guns on that versus just going down the path that maybe everybody else was telling you to do. So, I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, you have the course revenue coming in, you have the membership revenue coming in. And when you choose to, you'll take on an implementation client or a done for you client where it makes sense with who it makes sense with. So I think that's just awesome. And I'm interested to know, like, when did you, I mean, cause the course is more DIY. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to the membership or the, the mentorship where you're kind of like, coaching them, training them through it. How have you decided between the two offers? Because I'm imagining those are two different target audiences. And how has it been for you growing, having multiple target audiences? Like, has it been a hindrance? you feel like that's slowing down your growth? Do you feel that's works for you? Like, how do you process that? That's a really great, great question that I wish more people had asked me early on. Like, because the... All right, I'll give you the actual name so it's clear. Absolute FB Ads is the Facebook and Instagram ads course. The incubator, the ad consultant incubator is this mentorship program. And I launched the incubator because I had a lot of people or the, the loud voices in my audience were saying, I'm trying to run ads for clients too. I'm learning from you, but there's still so much to having this kind of business that's more than just the how to of ads. So I saw that as my opportunity to charge, you know, premium prices because I was basically helping people charge premium prices themselves. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, that was great for many years. I have struggled a little bit with the pricing on that, like how high to go. And right before our interview, actually, Jerisha, in 2019, I interviewed Brooke Castillo, who basically like the incredible episode and in where she talks about her $300 a month membership. Like That's such a good episode. I just have to say like, that was such a good episode. 
the, yeah, that's that's the that's the other episode people talk about from last year, yours and Brooks. And so it just like gave me this idea to low actually lower the price from five thousand to three thousand. Well, like. 400 a month for six months and like, oh, okay, but I'm actually going to sell, people are going to stay in it afterwards. And they did. That was a really good move on my part because I got all my alumni who people who had taken the course at like a really high price in the past to come back in. That was great. What I didn't think about was that Absolute FB ads, the how to run your own Facebook and Instagram ad course, that has a huge market right? Anyone who is a course creator, who is a coach, a consultant, um, basically anyone who also uses email marketing should take this course if they want to run their own ads. But how many people are actually out there trying to become an ad consultant? And there are lots of competitors in my field. So I don't know if you've ever been targeted with an ad, Jerisha, that's like, you want to grow your marketing agency? Yes. Well, they, that makes the costs for me to promote my business very high. When you have a small audience and a lot of competitors, the Facebook algorithm just basically is like, all right, I'm going to charge you a pretty penny to get these ads even seen. So I, to be honest, I have not tested that program with an evergreen funnel and ads yet, but I certainly have run ads to that program when I was live launching. And a high price point would offset the high costs that I had for my, my ad. So that worked when the price was 5K mm-hmm. instead of now basically bringing it down to 20, 2,400. So I ran that program last year, the, the incubator, and it is a good moneymaker. It's also a huge, hugely transformational for the people in it because it's, it's more than just uh, how do I build this business, but I need a community of other people who are going through this, who have Facebook with its crazy bugs and ads getting disapproved, accounts getting shut down. Like when you're the ads manager and that happens, you really like want a place to turn to. But what I just keep seeing, Jerisha, is that the market, the, the opportunity for the DIY course is so much bigger and I have barely scratched the surface. And is that like reflective in what you're seeing in your revenue that like one's making more money than another? Well, right now the industry might be like, right now one is making more than the other because it's on evergreen and I am actively filling that funnel with leads. I decided not to not to put the incubator on evergreen basically because I'm going to have a baby this year. So I, (laughs) I don't know when you're airing this, but it might be before my people know. Um, Anyway, I just was like, okay, I have a certain amount of time here. I just want to focus on growing the evergreen evergreen traffic. So it sounds like you, you, you picked one, like you noticed that there was one audience or one offer that was performing better, one niche that was performing better from a revenue and just from your like energetic standpoint on like what it is you wanted to promote. Yes. So we're, so we're, we're going all in on the DIY course versus more of the hybrid done with you training type of coaching container. And is that, yes. will that be the primary focus for you going into, you know, 
going into maternity leave again and going like for the rest of 2020? Probably for the rest of 2020. Like that's, that's sort of the perfect way to look at it. It's, it's actually mostly about the energy because I've been able to bring in one of the people who I've mentored now for a couple of years. She is now in the group and giving support to the students who come in every day. And so I don't have to be as involved. I have yet to run the incubator, the mentorship program, without me being extremely involved. So how do you do that when you're trying to take real time off for maternity leave? There are ways to do it, but I've chosen not to make that my focus this year because I think that's going to take me more time and probably money to learn how to do than something I already have set up. So all I need to do is continue to improve my Facebook ad funnel and get like more organic traffic, YouTube, blogging, uh, podcast interviews, those kinds of things. So it's, yeah, it's about these decisions that I kind of have to make. And sometimes it feels like I'm making them every six months and I'm shifting and I'm telling my team, okay, guys, this is going to be our direction. And, you know, there are people who plan out their years their entire year, or they have a three-year, five-year, 10-year plan. And I'm like, let's see what happens this quarter. Mm. That's, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Like just being more nimble and like, I guess like responsive to just like what the lifestyle needs are and where you energetically want to show up. And I just, I appreciate you. It sounds like what I'm hearing is you got very clear on what you didn't want and that has been consistently leading you back to what makes sense for you at the specific seasons in your business. I think, Definitely. You know, like, I think a lot of the time we, um, we can get so caught up in like, what is it that I do want? And that not maybe being clear or us falling into the trap of like seeking external validation or t- to confirm or to tell us what to do versus like, what are all the things that I do not want? And then that leading me to where it is that I need to be. So I, I just think that's like, an interesting way for you to make the decision. Hmm. I mean, I do want to clarify and say I've made some terrible decisions, which mostly ended up in me creating things that nobody wanted, launching them in a very expensive way and nobody buying. Like mm. the, the and also contributed. Yeah. I mean, I think in 2017, I did that twice in a row. And that really taught me this lesson, two courses that nobody wanted that I launched and nobody bought. Uh, So I learned that hard and expensive way to stop having, you know, that shiny object syndrome or a squirrel or whatever, and to really focus on the things that I had, which were those two things, the incubator and the DIY course. So Mm. 2000. 18 was about the DIY course. 2019, no, sorry, reverse. 2018 was about the incubator. 2019 was sort of a mix of both. And 2020 is about the DIY course. Let's just see how many sales I can make on Evergreen, maybe with one launch, but, and like set myself up for success while I am taking serious time off of my business. Yeah. And I love that. Like, and I think it's interesting how sometimes we can get distracted and then create a thing that we either want to create or like we're listening to the loudest voices, but those voices are just loud. They're not like actually going to be paying for the thing that we create. I'm not sure what it was like for you. I know I've created things because people told me to create them and then I created them and then nobody bought them. And it was like, well, Mm, no, nobody, nobody asked me for these things. (laughs) You were like, oh, I just, 
you know, I think it would be a good thing to do. I mean, well, it's like you sort of get caught up. So uh, in 2017, that's when I first started working with Jasmine Starr, uh, running her ads, and she's still currently my client. And we were doing these incredible webinar ads. This We like built out this system and it just worked so well. So I thought, well, everyone's, everyone's teaching about webinars. So that must mean there's a huge market for a course about webinar ads. But guess what? Just because people are telling or are like coaching other people to do webinars, it doesn't mean people are actually doing them. People buy courses about webinars and then never do them because they're scary. And then on top of that, hell no, are they going to run ads to this webinar that they don't really want to do? I mean, maybe I'm projecting because I hated webinars for so long. Now I'm all about them. But it was, it was, I was the worst. I did like a whole PLF style launch. Oh yeah, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Nobody ever asked for. Well, I, I, well, yeah, I mean, I've been there with you, uh, done the video series before too, and I can (laughs) relate. One thing that I thought was interesting that you had mentioned at the end of the 2019 episode where your focus was, and it sounds like it's even in alignment now, you had mentioned that you're trying to slow down in 2019. And it sounds like in 2020, like it sounds like it's a focus on like just streamlining and efficiency is kind of what I'm hearing. Yes. And I, I think uh, oftentimes in business, everybody's so focused on like, how am I growing? I want to have exponential results and like these big, huge, massive, like, uh, growth from year over year. But I also think there's, like, I just really admire you saying, you know, this year I'm slowing down and it sounds like this in 2020, you're focused on like what I'm hearing is streamlining and efficiency and kind of when do you know, or how, like, how have you made the decision to know it's time for me to actually like slow this vehicle down or to like recalibrate and realign to make sure I'm still moving in the direction that makes sense for me? Well, in my case, it was for very, very specific reasons. In 2019, well, end of 2018, we had to start fertility treatments and 2019 and it wasn't working and it wasn't working. And I thought that the only way that I could get pregnant was to slow down Um, because they're like, well, you can't be stressed, blah, 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 blah. I was very depressed in 2019. So whether or not I wanted to slow down, I was just not working tons and tons of days. Um, And then when I finally did get pregnant, I was exhausted. (laughs) So that kind of, you know, there were times where I wished that I could ramp up, but because I knew what the other thing that I wanted, it kind of comes back to this lifestyle choice. Um, I was very fortunate to have this business model where I was making some money, enough money, even in the months that I was sick in bed or just depressed and in bed. But it it was a struggle. It was a real struggle. Me, I I had this mastermind weekend with friends where I just like basically spent the weekend crying about how, how, like I didn't see how I could grow my business and try to get pregnant at the same, same time. And immediately after that, I got pregnant, of course. So, I mean, I'm not somebody who likes to slow down. I'm not somebody who says, let's, yeah, let me just chill out and and work less. No, it was work less because I had a bigger objective in in my mind. And, And now, like, because of how hard motherhood hit me the first time, I know better than to try to work four weeks after giving birth. Yeah. I just want that time. So yeah, it kind of just comes down to lifestyle. But again, when I first had my, when I had my first daughter, I didn't have any of those revenue streams in place, those 
like ongoing things. And fortunately I have them now. Yeah. And I, I like, you know, with your con- a consistent client and a predictable evergreen funnel, like I'm just, I don't know. I just love, I admire how you make decisions. Cause I think a lot of the time I know myself included, sometimes we can prioritize a business over our life and over the lifestyle that we desire over like building the family, like being present for our spouse. Like, you know, I don't know, being like unplugged mentally to even allow yourself to get pregnant or like to be open, you know, like to just let the, let things flow the way they need to flow. Like, so I just, I just thank you for sharing that. I just think it's really inspiring and I don't know, just really empowering for like, there's so many different ways to go about growing your business. So I just appreciate you sharing that. It's funny, Jerisha, because I look at you and I go, I go, man, I wish I were like her. No, no, it's crazy. Isn't this crazy? (laughs) She never stops and look, her results, look look at the results she has to show for it, you Mm. know? And that might just be because you show up so consistently and I'm the person who will literally disappear from Instagram for three months until it's time for me to sell something again. And I'm like, hey guys, but I don't know. I, I, everyone everyone looks at somebody else and they, they kind of feel like that's, that's the, the goal. That's the dream right there. Mm -hmm. So for you to say that to me feels like a little insane. Oh no. Like, like (laughs) that's like literally, I think my, my, my focus this year is like really like streamlining efficiency refinement and like being better with like leveraging my content, leveraging how I serve my clients, like repurposing. So it seems like I'm everywhere all the time, but I'm not like actually it's not always real time. So it's just, I don't know. And I just admire like just hearing how you've made decisions is just, I think a really healthy reminder for us to remember like what really matters. Like you, we, you, you may have multiple desires um, of results you want to experience, but like which one takes precedence and priority. And I don't know this, like, as I'm listening to you, it's just been this constant reminder of like what matters most to me, not what somebody else is telling me to do even when I make bad decisions or not only say bad decisions, just decisions that didn't produce the results that I wanted. Like you still go back to, I, I don't know. It just, I love the perseverance through that, like through that lens and through that perspective. So, mm. um, so I, I found out some fun facts about you. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know that you had, you said that you had, you lived in Argentina for t- almost 10 years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like brought in adult life. Like, I was like, oh my gosh. And like, you, you just said like how incredible it was where you, those times during travel where you felt most alive. How do you incorporate travel now into your lifestyle as you're in a, in a later, later stage of adulthood? Oh, well, it's super fucking hard. Um, <laughs> you know, it was like the laptop lifestyle on the beach with my MacBook. Um, try it with a really obnoxious toddler. Okay. Just try it with a toddler. So my husband, I like, I really lived the dream in Argentina, which is full of beautiful men, FYI. So I went down there and I got one to marry me. And I even, (laughs) I even had an Argentine baby. So basically living the dream. And I brought them back to the States. And so we go back to Argentina periodically to see his family, but it is so hard with a kid like that 12 hour flight is and more if there are layovers, which usually there are. So that's really hard. I'm not like quote unquote, living that laptop, laptop, 
laptop life at all. I'm taking vacations because if I'm going to spend the money to get down there, I am off. And then you just, I mean, in my case, because I'm sure you have, you know, moms who listen as well. Like I know that a lot of people struggle with guilt around getting childcare, like even on vacation, because you're like, well, you're not working. So you should be with your child all the time. Uh, 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 we got a lot of help so that my husband and I could actually enjoy this time that we were taking off from work. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, the trips that are the most fun are like business trips when I get to go to conferences or mastermind weekends, you know, occasionally my husband and I will travel just the two of us, but it's like once a year. Yeah. So I'm glad that you shared that, you know, like I'm not sure if anybody's actually tried working on the beach with their laptop when it's hot out. My MacBook <laughs> always overheats. It yeah. Looks, it, there's a glare. You can't see the screen. Like, it really doesn't. If you're on the beach, shouldn't you just enjoy the beach? That's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I love when you're like, you know, F the laptop lifestyle. I'm going on vacation. I am all for it. Like, I'm like, what's the goal now is trips where there is no laptop. Yeah. Laptop lifestyle means laptop is at home. Yes. My, my husband took four weeks off and he brought his iPad. I was like, wow, I was doing client campaigns for the last week of that, of that trip because my client was launching Uh, and that was a mistake. You know, I should have said, Hey, let's get coverage because I didn't feel like, you know, I I was torn, you know, Oh, we want to go out here and, but Oh, I have to do the client thing. And so my husband would just take my daughter to see frozen in Spanish and that was fine. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a totally different world when you have a kid. And I'm, I'm personally glad that I wasn't that, well, I don't know if that's true. I was going to say, I'm glad that I wasn't that like successful before I had the kid because I've had to figure out so many things now with the mom in the mom role. And the fact that I've done that makes me feel pretty damn accomplished, but also I just had one, <laughs> like just one is so much easier. I'm told by everyone. So, uh, well, it's more than what I got. I give, yeah. I give all moms like major credit. Cause anytime my cousin comes over and I have to watch him for just like a couple hours or for a day, I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> this is some people's everyday reality. You know, like I'm like, woo, okay, time to take you home. It's been great. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and I, I would like to clarify that my daughter is in full-time daycare. So there are, I have so many people in my mentorship program who are full-time stay-at-home or part-time stay-at-home moms. And the, the amount of work that they get done is incredible. So, you know, I, I really don't have many complaints in terms of the working mom thing. That whole, I don't, you know, you can't have it all. I feel like when you have full-time daycare and maybe just one kid, you can have it all. Yeah. If, you're, if your partner helps as well. Which yeah, but I just love the fact that you've like, as you've been growing, it's, it just, I don't know, it seems just like a lot of lifestyle priority decisions and like not being afraid to ask for help, whether that's from your partner, help from your team, help from bringing in other support to, you know, help with client work, help with childcare, like, I don't know. I just think those two things take a lot of courage that, um, I don't know. I know for me, that's something I'm still working on and like growing through. So, Hmm. well, yeah, that, that going back to client work and like charging good prices that was directly related with me needing, well, not me with my family wanting to have a certain lifestyle and having our kid in full-time expensive childcare. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
it, it was a, a hard conversation with my husband. He was, he was running an agency at the time. And he was like, why aren't you running an agency when you have all these leads? Why aren't you making more money? I mean, tough conversations. So that's why I went back to client work. And then when I was able to, I could ramp that down. Again, it's not permanent necessarily to go quote unquote backwards. That's how it felt. Like I was going backwards to run people's client, people's ads again. But it was a, it was a great decision for me, for my family, for the business. Yeah. Well, Claire, just thank you so much for like the behind the scenes of how you've made decisions, like at, while honoring your lifestyle as you've been growing your business. Um, but if anybody is, you know, falling head over heels in love with you and wants to hear more about you to listen to your podcast or just to, you know, get some support with um, their own Facebook ads, where can people find you online? Yeah. So the podcast is the Get Paid Podcast. You can actually hear more about Jerisha on that show, less about me. But um, then also for just Facebook ad stuff, I'm at clairepels.com. I recently like revamped my YouTube channel. So I'm doing a lot of just weekly tutorials and tips and things like that. So that's another great place to follow along. All right. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Teresha, for having me. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle selling services into a profitable online coaching or consulting business, visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop. Within just one hour of this free masterclass, yes, free 99, you will have a proven framework to convert not just better clients, but more clients who are willing to pay top dollar consistently. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop and I will see you there.